0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. It's so nice to see everybody tonight. And so, are they in the room, Brad? So good to have the Ulrich's with us. Shelby and Brad and James and baby Zion. Like just over a week old at church. So good. Where is he? Is he back? Good. He's not quite ready for Right there. Little guy, Zion. Brad and Shelby have see our pastoral care team. You guys doing well? Yep. Yeah. You look tired. You look a little bit tired. You look great, Shelby. Brad, you look awful. No, kidding. <laughs> it's great. So good to have you guys here. My name's Stephen. It's great to have a few new faces here uh, with us tonight. Um, I'm the location pastor, C3 East Village, with Brittany, my wife there. And we absolutely love getting to be a part of what's going on here in East Village. And it's such a great honor to get to to lead and be a part of the community and the team, the family here. And I want to share a message. I got a few little things to announce before we go into the message um, tonight. But I want to share a message someone sent me of a, a what we'd call a praise report or, or a good report whatever you want to call it from a service a couple of weeks ago so um yeah I'll just read the message it gives the context I guess so um it says hey pastor stevo that's what they call me pastor stevo there you go um haven't been able to I I'm just getting through some spelling mistakes here as I go so and can I have a drink of water someone that'd be awesome Getting nervous in front of you people. Um, I haven't, hey, Steve, oh, hey, Pastor Steve, I haven't been able to be at church lately due to Jack's hockey. There you go, irrelevant information for everyone. A couple of weeks ago, here we go, when I went forward for prayer at EV, Lyndon was praying for those with headaches and migraines. Um, I believe your wife put her hand on my back and agreed in prayer at the same time. Since then, even though we've had many fluctuations in air pressure, I haven't had any migraines or headaches. There have been times that I've felt a headache coming on, but I've reclaimed my healing, and that has been it. Thank you, guys, for being a part of a church that has made a difference in my life. I, I have been getting air pressure-related headaches from the first day I moved out here. Now I am healed. How good is that? So they've been in Calgary for over 10 years, suffered from migraines, thanks, um, headaches always, and then in that moment... Um, when Lyndon actually before before the service said, "I feel to pray for headaches and, and migraines," and so we did that a couple of weeks ago there, and that's what happens. And there's so many stories like this. I need to get better at reporting them, of things happening every week. And it's not always just when someone lays hands on, or just in a service even, even at dinner parties, and things are happening. And so I hope that we have eyes to see what God's doing in our life around here. It's very exciting. Um, our our family, our C3 family in Saskatoon. Released a uh, four-track EP, uh, EP worship EP today. Yeah. Yep, so you should be able to get that on iTunes, um, Spotify, other things, record store, the cassette tape. Dub it to your mixtape and it's going to be awesome. But it's a great worship album. Uh, you should check that out. And that. And there's one other thing I, w- I wanted to update you. So um, I know there's a couple new people here. About a couple months ago, we announced that we'll actually be finishing here at Fort Calgary. And there's no, nothing really to up to update, um, but we are in the process of continuing to look for a venue. So as of June 1st-ish, maybe give or take a couple weeks, we'll no longer be meeting here. They're going to be renovating the whole place. And um, it's been great being here for the last little while. But continue to be praying that uh, God would reveal that venue that He has for us In the right time, it would get a great deal, obviously. We want to steward the money well. And I'm working tirelessly and um, trying to connect with different venues, but also very at peace that, you know, God has a place for us. And it's going to be at the next level for us where we can meet and more people in our community are going to come and be a part of it. So as much as that's sneaking up quickly, there's a great peace about it because, you know, there's any number of venues in the city where we could meet, but we don't just want to meet uh, in a, you know, random one but we want to go to the right place there where more people are going to have access to what's taking place to come in and get healed and um, relationships restored and connected in and family and community and all that fun stuff. So it's going to be great. Um, and I'm going to jump into our message now. So we've been looking at beyond. It'll come up on the screen. So we started that last week. We, we looked at getting beyond fear. Um, and, you know, if you missed that, you can jump on the podcast. But fear is one of those things that can imprison us. And stop us from, from stepping out and, and stepping into the life that, that God has for us. There's an amazing amount of fear in our society and in our city at the moment and in many of us. And I believe that a lot of that was broken. And we continue to have these things come up during our week that can cause us fear. But we're not actually called to live by fear. We're called to live by faith. Um, and that's the kingdom that we live in. And so tonight we're going to look at another thing that can hold us back and imprison us and an emotion that we we feel and many of us go through times and that is disappointment has anyone ever been disappointed before oh good I'm in good company that's good I'm with you guys like you know we I I think we get disappointed or have potential to get disappointed every single day of our life disappointed with people around us disappointed with um Work situations, disappointed with the church. Has anyone ever been disappointed in church before? Yeah? Good. Don't be so enthusiastic. Calm down a little bit. No, I'm with you. We get disappointed by church. We get disappointed by people, disappointed by ourselves. But, you know, um, and, and there's other times that we actually feel disappointed with God. And we know we're not meant to, so we start to feel bad about this. But the reality is, and unless you're way more, way more in tune with me, and that's very possible in tune with the Holy Spirit than me, and and in the kingdom, we actually at times can feel disappointed with God. You're a little bit quieter on that one. It's okay, guys. This is Sunday evening. We're allowed to be honest and open and free, but there's times that we feel disappointed with God, and so we're going to look at that tonight, um, because that's not a place we want to stay in, all right? Like, we don't want to stay disappointed with God. Of course, we don't want to stay disappointed with um, other people. Brett, can you? um, The... uh, that's a Samsung. It'll last. It's not one of those cheap iPhones you all have. Um, but uh, we get, you know, feel disappointed with God. We feel these things, and it's not a place that we want to stay. So we're going to look at that, look at what the Word of God says about that tonight. And I believe some of us who have been living out of disappointment are going to get a different perspective tonight, and it's actually going to allow you to step into new levels of freedom that God would have for you. So I'm just going to pray quickly, and we'll jump into the, jump into the Word. Lord, I just thank you so much for everybody who's gathered here tonight, Lord. I thank you for the different journeys, the different stages of life, Lord, different um, faith journeys that you have on God. So whether they, they know you, whether they don't even believe in you, whatever, I know you're speaking and moving tonight. God, and your word's living and active, God. It's not about what I say it's as much as what your Holy Spirit is doing right now. And as we read from your word, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord God. So I pray against any blockage in this place, any distraction, anything that would try and steal someone's breakthrough tonight. And we commit this next 30 minutes to you. Have your way in this place. Amen. So good. So, you know, what causes us disappointment in our lives can be very different, yeah? Like what might be disappointing for, for Lyndon? Um it could be very different for Jeremy, for Carl, for Ian. Like, it could be all very different things. You know, Brittany and I went through a couple-year period there um, of of disappointments when we were trying to have our baby Hugh. We have a uh, Hughan. He's 11 months old. He's coming up on a year already. That's crazy. He was the first baby born into C3 East Village, and now he's nearly a year old. And now we have Zion here, and there's babies in a bunch of you around here at the moment and back in kids' church. It's crazy. It's getting crazy here. But... um but, you know, we went through that. That was a big struggle for us. We went through a journey, and I, I'm not going to talk particularly about it tonight, but we were, thought we had an expectation, and we thought we we're going to start a family, and, and we actually went through multiple disappointments for years and years, for over two years for us. Um, we were really disappointed of not being able to, to have kids and having to go to doctors and all kinds of things, and God doing an amazing miracle through that. Um, and at the same time, as we were going through those disappointments, we had friends who were disappointed because they got pregnant, quicker than they thought, right? So the point there is not one's right or wrong. The point there is the same, like what's disappointing to us can be very different to other people. And, you know, so around us, as we were going through that season, um, you know, it was like some people would just sneeze next to each other and they'd get pregnant. But we're like, we're struggling to have a baby and it can be very disappointing. And then there's some of you in this room who are looking at that and going two years, pff, that's child's play compared to the, what I've been going through in my life. Okay, the point isn't what disappoints you. Um, That's just one for us, but maybe there's job situations, maybe there's family conflict that's going on, or maybe there's, um, you know, roll out a big list of different things that might cause disappointment in our life. And my premise tonight is not that um, so much about what would disappoint us, but what we're going to do with that disappointment. Because that is the, the pivotal moment. More so than the actual thing, the actual circumstance that causes the disappointment or has caused it, is what are we going to do with that disappointment? Uh, the writers of Psalms, um, I think it's David for both these, he declares boldly. He says, uh, he's talking about God's people in Psalm 22, verse 5. It says, They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in, leaned on, and confidently relied on you, and were not ashamed or confounded or disappointed. And in Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We believe these things, yeah, we speak them, we declare them, but what about when we don't feel them? And that's what I kind of want to explore, because we all go through this. Have you ever felt disappointed with God? Disappointments are very real, very powerful. And like I said, how we handle them will determine our life and the quality of life more than the actual circumstance themselves. So what I want to do tonight, and, uh, and we'll just see where we go. It could be, there might be two messages in this. I don't want to rush through anything for the sake of getting through something because I really believe Holy Spirit has something to say to us today through His Word. But um, I guess we're going to jump into, I want to share, what are some of the hatching points of disappointments in our life? Because half the battle, often with these things like fear, or anger, or disappointment, whatever might be holding us back and trying to imprison us, is actually being aware of it, aware of where it comes from, because then we can pray, then we can get a a zoom out, have a perspective on it, rather than being consumed in it. And so I want to look at five different hatching spots for disappointment, and uh, and then offer a counterpoint of how we can deal with that. But has anyone ever had like a teacher or somebody in your life tell you that they're disappointed in you? Isn't it the worst? Like, uh, just be angry at me, be upset with me. I remember my grade three teacher, um, who I won't name. No, I will name Miss Morris. (laughs) Got there one day and said, uh, she said to me, you know, what happened was basically my friends and I, we we've been a little bit naughty and playing up a little bit, and um, we were running a black market of pencils that we were trading, and you know, we would identify great pencils to take from other people's pencil cases. Now, we shouldn't do this. This isn't good. I repented of this. But then we would trade them back for double the quality of pencil. To you know, Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. I kicked my water over. Um, and, um, but she caught us, and she, I remember sitting down and sitting me down, and, and she was really sad. She said, look, Stephen, I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed. Oh, isn't that the worst? That is so bad. Disappointment, I think, is more powerful. Can be more powerful than anger, fear, hate, any of those things. Someone needs to pray for me afterwards. I'm still traumatized from that experience of Miss Morris in grade three telling me she wasn't angry. She was disappointed. That's awful. But disappointment is can be a hard thing to deal with. But I think we're going to deal with some of that tonight. It can be a prison that stops us from trusting and trying. It can isolate us and corner us into never stepping out and trying something again. And especially when we're disappointed with God or we're allowing that to happen, we, we can get this, uh, this cynicism or this pessimism, whatever you want to call it, where we go, okay, God, I tried already and you let me down. Therefore, I won't step out again. This is a dangerous place to be in. So this is important tonight. So the first hatching point of disappointment in our world that I see is our expectations. When we have expectations of something and it works out different, we can become disappointed with God. You know, um, Joseph in the Bible, Mary and Joseph, the, um, Mary, uh, well, they're both the parents of, of Jesus. But Mary was a virgin and then God chose to have immaculate conception in her um, Jesus was born. This was prophesied for for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's Christmas, right? I'm telling you the Christmas story here leading up to Easter. We're going over Christmas. It's a beautiful thing. But Joseph, I'm amazed by, because what he's expecting is uh, he's expecting that his wife, is, he's going to be marrying, is a virgin, right? And this is, um, this is important to him and very, a big thing. And then all of a sudden, he starts to notice a baby bump on Mary. And he's like, that's an opportunity for disappointment, right? He had an expectation and then he sees something happen. Um, and and he's, can you just imagine his heart would drop? It's ice everywhere here. Um, I feel like I'm tap dancing on ice. Um, but there's a disappointment in Joseph's heart. But in a dream, then God tells Joseph about his plan of redemption, his plan for mankind, that there's going to be um, a baby born through Mary, through, through Mary the woman he's going to marry. And it's going to be Jesus who's going to come and save the world. It's going to be God with us. Beautiful thing. Sometimes our expectations lead us to being disappointed, though, only to find out later that God has a better plan. Has anyone ever found that? So you've been disappointed in a situation, but then in hindsight now you can look back on it and go, actually, God had a better plan, a bigger plan, a more important plan in that. But if we don't get that perspective, it can really hold us back. That disappointed with, well, this is how I thought it was going to happen. This is how I thought it should look, God. Why didn't you come through how... I wanted you to come through. Am I the only one who's thought these thoughts? But if we can get a perspective of of getting our expectations in hand, that God, I know you're good. God, I know you have a great plan for me. God, I know you're amazing. I know that you have um, this thing. I can't see. I thought it was going to be this way. But God, you must have a better plan. This can help us diffuse some of the disappointment in our life. In these moments of having expectations on God that may lead us to disappointment, I would encourage us that we need to just trust and hold on that God must have a better plan. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, uh, God's speaking there and he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is awesome and this is true for all of us. In that context, he's speaking to at a particular time, a particular people, but that's his plan for all of us. He has good plans. God is good. He has good plans for you tonight. Some of you guys have been thinking that, that he has bad plans for you. He doesn't. He has good plans. Just loosen up some of your expectations, what that looks like. God has good plans. The second hatching point of disappointment that I, can, I have seen in my own world and, and that I see around me is wrong motives. We have wrong motives. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, so to me, but motives are weighed by the Lord. 1 Samuel, verse 6 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Or he looks at our motives, our inner world. God's interested in our inner world. And so, God does not bless or waver to our wrong motives. I don't know if anyone's ever come across that. Sometimes we feel disappointed because sometimes it didn't happen how we thought, like I said. But actually, we can look back on it and go, maybe our motives weren't that great in that situation, right? We can realize those things. And so, um, you know, we see Judas, uh, one of Jesus, Jesus had a group of 12 disciples. He's sort of his inner group there. He had had many more, obviously. But um, one of them was Judas who would go on to betray him. Uh, and, you know, for 30 silver coins, he would give up uh, Jesus' whereabouts and, and convict him. And that's how he went about to the cross. But, but when he joined the, the original, the boys, the gang, the disciples, the, the crew, um, it, it kind of, you know, I think we could picture Judas sort of having an idea, as, as we know a bit of his history, that he thought that Jesus was going to build an earthly kingdom. Right, he that Jesus was gonna come back and and the zealots and he was gonna take um take Israel leader a revolt, like a very physical revolt and overthrow the oppressors at the time and the Romans and um and then he's, as he's traveling around with Jesus and hearing him speak, he realizes that Jesus had no plan to build an earthly kingdom, instead he was talking about a heavenly kingdom. And Judas in this um thought that maybe like, he was going to be somebody. If Jesus becomes king and I'm one of his boys, I'll get to be one of the guys, right? And so he gets very disappointed. Um, in the end, his wrong motives disappointed him that led him to treachery and to defection and to giving up his relationship with Jesus. Motives are important. Check your motives. Check your motives. I, you know, there's times in, in my life where I've gone about looking like, You know, this is a good thing to do, and this will be great. But when I actually look back on it, my motives were selfish. And we can all fall into this trap. And then we end up getting disappointed. But God doesn't bless our wrong motives if we're going into something. He's looking for He looks at our heart. He knows what's going on inside. So we can look like we're doing something on the outside that's amazing. Where's your heart at? Check your heart. And that will help um, stop any disappointments. Because when we check our motives, check our heart, and we realize we have an opportunity to repent and to change and to shift and to correct our motives. The third hatching point of disappointment I see is limited understanding of what God has for them, the plan that he has. And, and you need to know everything. And maybe you're someone who, um, you know, when you sign up to, you download the newest update to iTunes or whatever it is, you read every single line. You go through the 1,400 pages. You check every item. Maybe you're a detail. And you need to understand everything. But, but as humans, our limited understanding of God can lead us to disappointment if we allow it. The need to know every detail will disappoint us because that's not how God operates in, in the Bible and in our lives. That Sometimes we just can't understand what's going on. And so maybe you're in a situation and you're really disappointed with the outcome. It's not looking like you thought it would look and it's taking longer than you thought or that person that you thought you were going to be with forever up and left or that job that you thought you were going to be in or you know, all those things that disappoint us and we can't understand it, we need to sometimes step back, step back and go, okay, I don't understand it, God, but you're God. You understand it. You know, the disciples of Jesus didn't understand. They had no concept of Jesus' crucifixion, of him getting killed, of that being a victory. And so they saw it as a defeat. He'd spent three years with the guys, um, preparing them and that. And then when, when he went to the cross, they could not perceive that this is a good thing. And, and none of us would have either, right? Like in the natural. Um, and they got disappointed and they left. Little did they know that it was part of God's plan that, that Jesus can redeem us. And that's why we're here, right? That's what we're celebrating. That Jesus has, saved, has allowed access to the Father for every single person who would believe in him. Wherever you're at in this place, that includes you tonight. If we believe in him as our Lord and Savior. But it was beyond comprehension at that time. So it's our limited perce- perception disappoints us. Always, I believe, when it comes to the things of God. It says in Isaiah 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we just can't understand God. And that's okay. We need to get okay with that, right? Are we okay with that? Because if he's God, right, we should, there should be some things that we don't understand. I'd be concerned if I understood everything about God. One of the, you know, the very nature of being God is that he's higher than us. We're the creator. He's the creator, right? Like, so, but we still get managed to get disappointed that we don't understand God. Why would you do it that way? Why would that happen to me? Why would you not allow this? Why would you allow that? Why would that happen in my life? And we get disappointed. We need to remember, take a step back that we have a limited understanding of the grand scheme of God's redemption story in our worlds. Number four uh, of the hatching points of disappointment is we mistake God's priority, or his priorities. God's priority isn't your happiness. Not Not as we'd identify happiness. It's a little quiet in here. God's priority is not your happiness. Now, we've, maybe we've heard that it is, and maybe that we, we've thought that it is, but happiness is such a fleeting, momentary thing, right? I can be happy, and then something can come in and steal my happiness just like that. Just like that. God's not just interested in you being happy, although a part of it is your happiness, but He's interested in what's best for you long-term. Longevity, right? Like the, the longevity. God's in it for the long run, not a fleeting moment. But we mistake that God his priority in our world is making us happy. Name it and claim it, prosperity, all these kind of things that we hear and there's an element of truth to, but when overemphasized, give us a perception or an idea that God only cares about our happiness. This will lead you to disappointment. We need to get a greater revelation of God. Um, you know, often we look to, to, so in this kind of idea is people and myself and and you often look for comfort and material blessings in our world or circumstances that would bring us happiness. When I believe God is more concerned with things like intimacy, character development, longevity. But our priority is often happiness, comfortability, safety, right? These things. So this here is a point of conflict in our worlds where we can get disappointed. So tonight I'm just suggesting that God has a different priority than your happiness. You wanted a feel-good message tonight, right? Well, you know... God doesn't want you to be happy. Now, he does, but we need to zoom out and look at the big picture of this. He's more interested, um, and his priority is way better than just a fleeting moment of happiness. But how this looks and how this plays out is very disappointing sometimes. It involves a different process than what we'd want, right? Happiness, if, if the desire was happiness from God, and he just wanted our happiness, there'd be a certain way he goes about it. But if he has a different idea and a different thing going on, then he probably has a different process. And often it can, it can put us in moments of disappointment. So I believe, and this is my opinion and, and looking at the Word of God and in my own, own world, what's best for us long-term can sometimes require short-term disappointment. Okay, sometimes the long-term goal, to, what's best for us in the long run requires short-term disappointment. You know, Hughan, our boy's learning to walk at the moment. Any moment now, he'll probably come running in here, barging in, just running. He's not quite there yet; he can't take steps, but um, but he's going through that process of learning learning to walk. And so, this is an exciting moment as parents for us. We get to to watch him take his steps and fall over. That he doesn't talk, but um, you know, and you can see that he's frustrated. He's a moment of disappointment, and and we encourage him and say it's all right, buddy. Get, get on up, keep walking, and he'll take steps. And you're like, oh, he took a step, and it's really he just fell. But we say that he took some steps. And and as parents, if we were only worried about him being happy and not getting frustrated because he gets a little frustrated, right? What we'd do is we'd pick him up and we'd never let him walk. We're just gonna carry you around all your life, human. You will never have to use those chubby little legs of yours ever again. We're just gonna carry you around, right? That, that's what we do if we want him to be happy, but that would be cruel and twisted because he'd never get to learn to walk. It would damage long-term his ability to walk because a fleeting moment of happiness and desire. This is the same for us, I, I believe. There's times where we're going through seasons, we're learning to walk, and there's a struggle, and there's a conflict, and there's something going on that we're going to have to learn to step out. And we want God just to go, don't you want, we just say to God, don't you just want me to be happy? Can't you just... Pick me up out of this and, and take me away. But actually, that would not be for our longevity. That would not be the best thing for us. He's taking us through a process so we, we can learn to go from crawling to walking to running, right? Because the long term's better. We want to be able to run, not just get picked up and taken away. So we made one of the points of, of um, the fourth point there is that sometimes our thinking that God's priority is the same as ours can lead to disappointment. We may never understand God's way or his timing, but we just have to hold on to and cling onto his hand. Just like Hewan grabs our hand when we're trying to get him to walk, that's what we need to do with God, with God, that we trust you, God. I don't understand it. Why are you putting me through this? This isn't for my happiness, but we need to trust that God long-term knows what's best. Our, our the, Number five, our fifth um, hatching point of, of disappointment in our life can be false reliance and foundations. False reliance and foundations. You know, this is the stuff that we build our life on. This is the stuff that culture tells us to build our lives on. This is the right connections, the right jobs, um, you know, being in the right social circles, doing a certain behavior, these things that are security to us, as long as they're working okay, but then as soon as they're moved or shifted or something happens, they crumble away like sand. But we have these, and, and that causes disappointment in our life. But we're not meant to build our life upon those things. We're meant to build our life upon God, the solid foundation that is Christ. But our false reliance often disappoint us. So what we do there to to counter that is we just need to shift and work at it and ask God to renew our minds. shift our lives to being built on our relationship with Christ, His word, prayer, and being in a community of faith that encourages you. You know, I think we're stepping into a time and season uh, here as a community, but just in general where more and more as followers of Christ, um, if you've accepted Christ into your life here, we're going to actually have to learn to slow down. For many years we've been trying to keep up, keep up with the cutting edge stuff and do that. And I believe that season's over. And we actually, this is a chance where we can slow down, where we don't get caught up in what the world gets caught up in. That we can build our life upon those foundations. The simple life of, of int- intimacy with God, of loving God and loving people, not needing all the extra stuff. The stuff crumbles. I'm sure you've, you've had stuff in your world that maybe it was a job, maybe it was a, a relationship that you had and, and it was so secure and you felt, so, you felt on top of the world until it went away. And then all of a sudden disappointment kicks in all this stuff starts, and it's a very dangerous road to go down of disappointment. But we can shift that and change that by building our lives upon a strong foundation that is God. So that's five kind of places that disappointment can come out of. Um, and here in the last seven minutes of this message, I want to um, just kind of share a couple of thoughts of how we can, how this plays out and how we apply this in our world. Pastor Bill Johnson uh, says about disappointments, he says, disappointments reveal the true levels of our faith in God. It's easy to have faith walking through a field of roses, but what matters is having faith in the dry and disappointing seasons. That's when our real love for God is revealed. That's when our real love for God is revealed. It's easy when everything's going good, right, to love God, but those moments of disappointment actually reveal to us the truth of what's going on. We read before that man looks to the outward appearance. I'd say even with ourselves, sometimes we look at our outward appearance. Well, I'm coming to church. I'm, I've, I have my Bible on my desk, and I I read it every now and then. I, I pray. I put on a I put on Shine FM as I'm driving to work. These things that we do, and these are great things. But we can be doing those things, and our heart be, can be cold towards God. It can be um it can be shallow towards God. It can be not even thinking about God really but we go through the actions right like we all have seasons of going through the actions but what he's saying here is in those mat- in those moments of disappointing seasons that's when our real love for God our God for sorry our real love for God is revealed so if you're disappointed consider it an opportunity to really find out and assess yourself okay where am I out with God What's really going on? Okay, now that all this stuff's crumbled away and I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I'm all these things, where am I really at with God? This is an honest moment. Guess what? God doesn't fall off his throne when we're disappointed. He doesn't fall off his throne when we're angry. Uh, I love it. We're going to look at next week. We're going to look at um, getting beyond religion and tradition. Um, And I love it because, you know, I Instagrammed something out about it already last week about that. I'd be talking about that. And I already got some kickback about that. And so that shows me that it's a good thing because sometimes we get so attached to our tradition and religion, and it actually stops us from going beyond into the life that God would have for us. But it's going to be good. So, but um, why did I talk about that. Oh, yeah, but one of the scriptures I'm going to be speaking about next week it's in the uh, first ch- chapter of Isaiah, I believe, or in Isaiah there, and basically uh, God d- does this big so he kind of reveals his heart, that his heart's not about the festivals and the things and da-da-da. You've got blood on your hands, he says. So Another super encouraging message. Um, but then he's God's actually saying that reason together. And I love that. Come let us reason together. So God's actually saying that he wants to reason with you. And so when we're in these seasons of disappointment, it's an opportunity to build relationships, to reason, to talk to God. But so often we actually go, oh, God wouldn't want anything to do with my disappointments. God wouldn't want anything to do with my fears. God wouldn't want anything to do with my anger. And we actually push away from God when this is the very moment he wants us to come in boldly into his presence and reason with him and relate to him and be honest with him. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. That one's for free. Um, don't feed the dog named disappointment. This is kind of my last point with a few subpoints. Um, don't feed the dog named Disappointment. So when we're going through disappointments uh, or any emotion, really, that would try to hold us down and imprison us, we tend to feed that emotion, right, or or feed that thing. So whatever it might be. Uh, In the context of of disappointment, uh, we get disappointed, and so then we go around thinking about how disappointing our life is and fueling that, and then we wonder why we're still disappointed, right? We've been thinking about being disappointed. It's feeding the dog. You know, if you had a big old dog at home, pet dog, um named disappointment and he was a nasty old thing like he'd bite and bite and you'd get home and he wouldn't even like wag his tail at you he would just kind of turn his head at you or he'd charge at you and corner you and imprison you in the corner and he's like snarling and he's nasty and you've tried obedience training you've taken him you've tranquilized him he's still this big nasty dog that wants to chew your face off and destroy you okay What do you do? What's an idea, okay? And this is just an analogy. Don't take it too literally, right? Because then I'll get the animal cruelty people calling me. But we should starve that dog. We should get rid of that dog. We should help him shift off the mortal coil... Or put him onto a more loving and patient family, right? Like if there's a dog named Disappointment and he's nasty and he's biting, he's imprisoning you, that you're in fear for your life and that you wake up from bed and he corners you into the corner and he's just snarling and biting you. But what what, what do we do? We feed, we care, we nurture, we groom, we give him a bed and protect him. We wonder why we still have this dirty old dog named Disappointment with us. It's the exact same with our emotions. What are you feeding? Are you feeding Disappointment? Or are you getting rid of Disappointment? We've got to not feed that dog named disappointment. This is how we get beyond. And a couple things we can do in the midst of our disappointments. Because I know sometimes there's a theory and, and all this is great, but how does this apply? If you're in a disappointment right now, I just encourage you to use this as an opportunity to build your character. Like we talked about, God's priority is not necessarily happiness, but it's our character development. Romans and our faith in him. Romans 5 verse 3 to 5. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So this is an opportunity and I love uh, Paul's approach to it. We spoke about it when we did the series on Romans, that we can actually rejoice. So we're in that moment, we have a, we're in a circumstance that could cause us to be disappointed. But Paul's saying, actually, we have the ability to rejoice in this moment because of what it's going to lead to, which is leading us to God eventually, that he's poured it out to us and he's leading us by his Holy Spirit. Uh, the second thing we can do in disappointment is to stay faithful. Just stay faithful. Make a decision right now, whatever your disappointment is, whether you're at the start of one, whether you're not even, at your like, life's just hunky-dory for you at the moment, that you're going to stay faithful regardless to God. Right? Just do the right thing. Make that decision now. I know it sounds simple, right? Living it out's a harder thing. But just do the right thing, not because of the reward, not because, oh, this will, um, if I do this, then I will get out of my disappointment, but because it's the right thing to do, regardless of what happens. Just choose to be faithful to God. You know, okay, you might not get that relationship. You might not get that promotion. You might never get that physical healing in your life. Stay faithful. doesn't matter. Don't let it matter to you. God will, God can deliver you. God can heal you. God has breakthrough, breakthrough for you. He wants a great life for you. But if eternity is the big picture Choose to remain faithful regardless of what's going on around you right now. We live in a world that wants instant gratification, instant healing, instant all these things. And that's not the reality we live in, friends. I hope that you get healed. I pray for that. I believe God can and does and have seen it done often. Like the guy I got prayed, prayed for um, last week and, uh, and his migraine was gone. We hear stuff like that all happening the time. So I'm a faith guy, right? I believe you'll be healed. Whatever you're going through, I believe you'll be delivered. But if not, be faithful. Remain faithful to God, because he's awesome, and he has a bigger plan, and he's better, and eternity is at stake. I love one of my favorite scriptures, and if I can have the band come up, um, in Job, verse 13, 15, this is a story of a guy who has, he's on top of the world, he has all these cattle, he has, you know, which is a good thing, okay? I know some of you are like, that's just silly, but this isn't a time where this represented wealth, and cattle and sheep, he had a big family. Uh, Everything was going well. He had parties all the time. And then it was faithful. And it's it's crazy. I was reading it. I was thinking about um, how his wife says to him, uh, comes up to him one day, and I think it's just after he's got these boils on his body. And uh, I preached a message about this at at the Canadian conference um, about, you know, uh, defying our circumstances. But, you know, so he's so sick and itchy and can't get the relief. He's got broken shards of pottery and he's actually scraping himself. Life's not going good for him. It's a situation that he might be disappointed with, right? But and one of the things his wife comes to him and says, um, says, Why don't you like you're still remaining faithful? Why don't you just curse God and die? Right? And then the funny why I'm laughing is because then he gets there and goes, Woman, why are you being foolish? And I was like thinking, like, marriage counseling 101, don't say that to your wife. But he's he's rebuking someone who will try and speak fear and disappointment and discouragement and despair into his life, because he's going to hold on to faith. But in verse chapter 13, verse 15, he's he's just talked about God and what's going on in his world, and he says, "Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him." Be like Job. I want to have that determination, that faith that it may feel like you're trying to kill me, God, and God doesn't do that. But it might feel like that. I'm disappointed. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why it's taking so long for this to happen. God, it doesn't make sense. It feels like you got it out for me, but I'll hope in you. I'll remain faithful regardless of circumstances. And the third thing is in these moments of disappointment, get a greater revelation of of who God is and that He wants us to find satisfaction in Him alone, not our circumstances. It's not stuff, it's Him. We were created for Him. We are created for Him. And that's where we find our greatest satisfaction, our greatest hope, when we push into God. Even in those moments of disappointment, you have the power to go beyond your natural feelings, your fleshly feelings, and you can press into God. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Habakkuk 3, verse 17, Though the... Though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vine. Though the olive crop fails, the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, and there's no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. This is a beautiful thing. We can uh, another thing in these moments of disappointment is take an opportunity to review your perspective of life. Second Corinthians. Chapter four, verse seventeen and eighteen, says, "For our light and momentary troubles." Another way that word can be translated from the original language um, is "our momentary, momentary disappointments." So, for our light and momentary disappointments, uh, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Eternity far outweighs our disappointments, our temporary disappointments. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary; but what is unseen is eternal. Disappointments don't have to be the end of our road. I want to share just a few stories here as we finish, and we're going to go into the song I asked the band to do, um, and we're going to open up and, and do it, finish with a time of worship. And maybe you're going through a season of disappointment, and um, and how we're going to do it is I, I want you to come forward, and, and we're, all, we're all going to worship, worship wherever you, you want. But you're bringing that disappointment to God and saying, God, I'm getting real with you. God, I'm bringing my disappointment to you and trusting in you. And and if you you want, respond by coming forward. We'd love to stand with you and pray for you. I'd ask those on the prayer team to be ready if people do come forward. I'd love you to take that step because sometimes a, a physical action Causes a spiritual reaction in us and we need to take that step by actually physically coming forward there's no pressure to do that we're going to worship in the end but disappointments don't have to be the end of the road you know albert einstein failed his college entrance exam did you know that he failed getting into college disappointment yes but he goes on to be one of the smartest and most influential man to have ever lived that very college which rejected him would have ended up teaching and speaking from his very discoveries that he he, he rewards us. Walt Disney was fired from his first media job. Disappointing, right? Goes on to change the world through media and entertainment. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Goes on to be one of the greatest basketballers of all time. Disappointment doesn't have to be the end of the road, friend. I know what you're going through, what you've been through, or what you're stepping into, it doesn't have to be the end of the road bamboo. You know, the the tree's bamboo. It's one of the fastest growing, uh, well, one of the largest growing, sorry, uh, and fastest on, on earth, the bamboo tree. If you can picture pandas and the zoo jumping around in bamboo. Um, but, but for the majority and the first part of its life, it, it looks useless. It looks absolutely useless. It uh, doesn't look like it's going to achieve much. It's just a bunch of, of, it's a wide, short plant. But then once its roots and foundations have been figured out, it can be a really long period of time of no outward growth. And then it can surge as fast as 48 inches high in, in 24 hours. So it can grow 48 inches in 24 hours. We're just like that. We can be in a mundane, disappointing world. Our season feels like nothing's going on, but what's actually going on is God's working on the roots and the foundations. And those disappointments aren't stopping us, but it's actually setting us up for a surge of growth like we've never seen in our life before. That God can all of a sudden move so suddenly and rapidly into the desires of your heart, but it's because He knows that you've done the groundwork in the seasons of disappointment. So if we can close. Out, if we can stand together as we close tonight in worship. My encouragement tonight is hold on to hope. Whatever disappointment you're facing, hold on to hope. You can get beyond it. Hope is what pulls us out of despair and beyond disappointment in our world. And so I want to, we're going to worship like I said, but I just want to pray to start that off, that if you're going through disappointment, that God's going to show you a way out, but He's also going to show you His purpose in that season. You'll get a greater revelation of seeing of being able to zoom out and go, God, I know you have a purpose and a plan and you can get through this. So if you're going through a disappointing season, you feel like you tend to veer on the side of pessimism rather than optimism um, and the disappointment's holding you back from stepping in. Why don't you hold your hands out in front of you as I pray um, and we'll pray tonight and then we'll jump into the song. Give you an opportunity to respond, that you know that disappointment's something that holds you back and is stopping you from going beyond into the next season of life. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.